You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. I hate it when you do the 5 to 5cc is supported by our Patreons. If you want to join the legions of people showing their love for us. Legions. Legions of you. Go to patreon.com slash 925cc and throw us a little change. We really, really need it. Chingle, chingle, y'all. This is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. What do we talk about, John? We talk about JFL, 77 Montreal, Heavy MTL, and Ready Player One. Heavy Montreal, they changed the branding, bro. Oof, my bad. Scott, what else? That's it. Buddy. Yeah, that's it. Four that's things. all we talk about. It's oh, my sure. God. What a tight and concise podcast this must be. <laughs> Nine to five entertainment system. Okay, but Scott, I need to go back to the thing that we you just said before we started recording. Which was I'm gonna play thick as a brick, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> were you you were the only a, one. A wait, wait. 43 minutes, Scott. Is that the plan? <laughs> and I mean, I like you, I, you I, were not a DJ in college. <laughs> John and I both were. We understood what was happening. <laughs> well, we would go to play Daytona, but the introduction really was I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, yeah, how are you guys doing? You went to cool festivals. I and did. Shit. I've been at festivals for a long time, which I mean, I will I will I will let the I will address the elephant in the room. Right off the bat, which is that I've been at like just is for that laughs. A fat joke. Just for laughs for the last Dick. like two weeks. We hit up seventy seven. I hit up heavy. I've been in like Oceaga, like pre planning mode, and I did not watch the racist movie Soul Man. Fuck this! I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I will do. So it next. our Patreon is <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash nine to five cc. If be... you want to pull your sponsorship, yeah. that's, that's the address to do it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that if. Someone on Patreon had specifically asked for it. I would have had to because they would pay. That's true. It's implied. That's true. Yeah. It was implied. Yeah. To, to I don't support. think so. I, I think it's think... pretty reasonable in the middle of the summer that these things will take a month or something. To, yeah. To I, I realized I realized like a, a day after I was like, I'll go first on this crazy plan that I was like, I'm in the worst place to go first. I was mm-hmm. like, I have just stuff lined up back to back to back. Yeah, I'm no, cool. I'm cool with it. I, it sets a precedent for me to watch my horrible movie over the space of four weeks. <laughs> it takes a really long time. Yeah, no, but I went to see a, a bunch of comedy. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. A lot of fun. I got to see the uh, the Benson Interruption, uh, which that? is a, a, po- a, a very infrequently occurring podcast with Doug Benson, where Doug Benson and uh, a comedy guest sit up there, uh, sit up on stage, and while other performers start to do stand-up, and then two stoners basically just interrupt them about, like, explain the premise and, like, explain stuff. So it's like, and, like, Benson even implies, back, like, apparently tells the comics backstage, like, don't burn good material on this. Like, like use your old stuff and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, the line of they had a couple of, like, up-and-coming kind well, of comics. So this is, it's like the show is a stand-up comedian goes on, and then, like, a professional heckler heckles him while he's doing his show. Who is also a professional stand-up comedian. Right, right. A fam- more famous one, even. Often, <laughs> often. But not necessarily in this case, because it's just for laughs, where everybody's just, like, all over the place. They had, like, Andy Kindler came on. I don't know if you know Andy Kindler. I also don't know Doug Benson. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Doug Loves Loves Movies is one of his podcasts. Uh, One of his other podcasts, which is the greatest title of all time, is Getting Doug with High. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where he basically uh, gets people who have, like, uh, sometimes it'll just be people who just get stoned with him. But sometimes he'll also get people who are, like, not potheads, very stoned Uh with him. Like, like voluntarily. Like, they're, like, they're, like... 
They know what they're signing up yeah, for. Yeah, they know they're getting dug with high. Like, it's – and, yeah, they so you have these comedians <laughs> who are not usually stoners just getting – it creates – it's fun and it works. Like, it's, like, one of those things that, like, only really works in a podcast. Yeah. Form, like, you would absolutely not want to watch a show of that. Like, just hearing, like, someone kind of, like, giggle and, like, forget what they're talking about. Okay, but anyway, the live show was funny. Live show was super funny. So, yeah, they brought out uh, Andy Kindler. Andy Kindler is, like, a mainstay of – comedy since like the 80s like he he does every year at the just for laughs he has like his own event mm-hmm. which is like an industry only event which is called like the state of the industry with andy kindler wow. where it's just him railing on everything wrong with comedy that year and like calling out people by name like he'll hmm. like he actively shit on adam carolla multiple years in a row because adam carolla was like terrible mm-hmm. at things i don't know if you know all about the adam carolla stuff no, I didn't hear adam carolla had like that thing the name's vaguely familiar to me though well, yeah. he, he's a big podcaster big yeah. big podcast big shock shock and whatever and was like send me your uh your five minutes of comedy and a hundred dollars to get on my show and stuff and you're like and <laughs> yeah like and and like just so at like one of the most important comedy industry meetings of the thing is just having this guy just rail into adam carolla like i don't know how much influence the guy actually has mm-hmm. but he's still like a pretty notable name in comedy so to have him do the benson interruption was like super exciting except cool. doug benson just interrupting him and uh kindler was just doing like mostly like 30 year old jokes <laughs> like <laughs> which and he was just it, he was doing it like so like aggressively like like challenging doug to like interrupt him like whatsoever that like and doug is obviously sitting stoned out of his mind yeah just, like basically like fully cowed him on stage i like, think both guys are just like <laughs> Like, while Kentler's just, like, running through material at, like, a fucking 100 miles an hour. That's amazing. It was, I was, like, kind of impressive. Like, for a guy being, like, we're going into this adversarial agreement mm-hmm. of, like, you're going to interrupt me, and I'm just going to, like, machine gun comedy at you so hard that you won't actually be able to do the thing that you're supposed Who to do. Who won? I, Kindler. Like, I would say, yeah. like, definitely, like, I was, like, like, Doug couldn't even stop him. Like, they just ran so long. He's, like, he's, like, I don't know how to end this statement. <laughs> <laughs> and Kindler's like, you need to man up. That's how you end this. <laughs> like, awesome. Super great. And then the closer, surprise closer, um, was Scott Louis Thompson. Louis C.K. Scott Thompson. Scott. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott Thompson talking about, uh, <laughs> just I'd like, and there was a lot of, like, weird kind of, like, questionable stuff that kind of comes up a little more, like, it was a late night kind of show and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And Scott Thompson was like, since this is going over so well, all the all the sketchy material, this isn't a joke. This is an actual joke about, or this is an actual story about, like, my mother having Alzheimer's. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and Scott Thompson's delivering it, like, chipper <laughs> and stuff. And just, like, and then made That's it an ch- even better challenge to get yeah. interrupted. Yeah, you're like, oh, no. And I was like, I was like, oh, man. I was like, Scott Thompson. Like, like just, like, it makes me so happy that a guy how, who... How dare you interrupt me, sir? <laughs> I'm discussing my sick mother. I'm discussing my sick mother. And he... <laughs> and what was Scott... Like, one of his, like, his bits... He's, he's talking about, like, this very serious thing about, like, his mom, like, losing her mind and then going on and on. And he's like, one of the last times I saw her before she died and stuff, she, like... She she wasn't even, like, recognizing this me. This is with Doug Benson in front yeah, of Yeah, yeah. He was like, she, like, she puts her hand on me and it's just sort of like... She's like, little boy, like, how old are you? And I was like... Like, mom, like, it's me. Like, you know, like, I'm a grown man. And she's like, no, 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 you're just a little boy. And he's like, and then I fucked her. (laughs) 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 And everyone's just like, like, pin drop, like, 
It's like nervous laughter, then uproarious <laughs> laughter. Like it takes a moment of everybody being like, "What is this allowed?" Yeah, 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 yeah. it is allowed. I will laugh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, is this okay? And I was like, it warmed my heart. <laughs> like, like to know that a guy like that who was like so like pre like pre edgy comedy in mm-hmm. a way like 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 kids in the hall were just they were pretty edgy. Yeah, I know, but but it was before like like zany comedy and stuff was popular right mm-hmm. like they were like way ahead of their time and they were also i think mm, i don't know about that Whoa. like com- if you compare this was they but were compare on them t- to python com- compare them to python they're both kind of yeah i think I, yeah but i think that like kids in the hall kind of went more like it, like the menstruation like i'm a positive attitude about menstruation like they went in like yeah. into that like they weren't Python, afraid to get sexual, and Python did not. Python get almost sexual. never yeah. got sexual, other yeah. than like a little bit of nudity. Or here it, and there. it did, but like in a superficial naked, like, like, naked like, look, woman. Like a naked woman. Yeah. How yeah. ridiculous! She's at the desk with no top on. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, Kids in the Hall got like gross a lot of the time. Like Hitler, uh, Hitler blanks I, a donkey, man. Python would okay, not do that. Hit, Hitler blanks a donkey. Was, on the was last in their episode. last episode. Yeah, <laughs> like we are canceled. <laughs> now let's go full tilt. Let's, but let's break that. Okay, up okay, okay. Like, think, think about the like gonna make big bucks. Do you remember that one? He's like driving around on a little scooter, picking oh, up I'm not, roadkill, I'm not, and like like I'm that's not weird. I'm not countering the edginess of of kids in the hall. Yeah. I'm just saying Python. I don't think Python was, was that way edgy. weirder than you. Python than, was than much more absurd than kids in the hall. They weren't as edgy. Yeah. Like in the meaning of life, they have fucking sex on stage. They they they're like. Welcome, class. This is the birds and the bees. This is how babies are made, true, and they have sex. I don't know. There's some. There's something I feel like more like provocateurish out of Kids in the Hall than Monty Python. Mm. I found. I don't think it's a big leap. Mm. I think the, the I, Saturday I Night Live you is you a bigger gap. You might be thinking gap, about this within the context are... of the of where the the Pythons were. Like at the time, they were probably as edgy as um, Kids in the Hall were at their time. But the time that kids in the hall were edgy was an edgier time. Yeah. Maybe. I don't mean, know. All the TV, same. Yeah. To to close off the point, it, I was even, glad. Even I was then, glad. I to think see you guys got to remember that they had a giant musical number at the crucifixion. Like there was some fucking yeah, stuff there. I get, and I get it. And you don't mm-hmm. you don't get from A to B. I'm not. Uh, uh, I don't think I was arguing that for a second. No, no. no but I'm, <laughs> I'm saying the stuff that comes after Python is SNL. Yeah. Pretty milk toast. Yep. You yeah. get um, Fridays. Yeah. Pretty milk toast for LA, mm-hmm. and then you get Mad TV, also just basically Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, and then you have Kids in the Hall. And you have the like, Kids in the Hall and, and Python. Up. I think you yeah, can like, put them on that. On yeah, the, on but the same level. Anyway, but the point I was trying to make: it was nice to see that someone who was known for having that edge twenty years ago could still like stun an audience in twenty eighteen. And I was like, like, and I mean, it's the same thing with the Python guys. Like when they want to, they can. They can just like lay into it, and you're like, "Oh, they're still amazing." Like it's not oh, like Cleese yeah. can talk about anything and still yeah. burn your house down. It's, no, but you know what I mean. It's not like one of those where you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen him do stand up in a while, but it's not like an Adam Sandler where you're like, "Oh, buddy," like his like anything he's doing nowadays. You're like weak, <laughs> you know. Like may- maybe he his stand up he can still slay. I don't. I have no. I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea. I mean, it'd be interesting actually. Like maybe he still has that. That's in his stand-up, and he just—he's just choosing. Does he do stand-up? Doesn't he just roll around? I mean, he hasn't—he hasn't, he hasn't done it in a yeah. long time. But I mean, he I, did comedy I, records. Like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he yeah, used to do stand-up. Yeah, used to do stand-up a lot. But I'm saying, I wonder if he. I listen to those comedy records. They're all gonna laugh at you. They were fucking funny when I was twelve. Every goddamn time. Yeah. No. They're all gonna laugh at you. 
Yeah, he, he was funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, please see the film Funny People. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the yeah, it was like it was cool to see that just like someone that someone who you were like you you don't want you don't want to show see him go, go soft. Get fucked up. You don't want to see him go soft. You don't want to see him like Chevy Chase. You don't want to see him Chevy yeah. Chase. It. Like mm-hmm. I saw Chevy Chase Gala a couple years ago, and it was the saddest. It was just really? like the best material that he probably was able to deliver was he kind of did a he did like a weekend update spot, mm-hmm. and I'm like and and it was just I I really feel like they had some staff writer who could capture Chevy's old tone, but like even he was like reading it off the prompter, so his timing was kind of off and stuff. And I was like, oh, buddy, I, I was brutal. like, I was like Chevy Chase, you are ninety percent timing. Like that is like what is. Like your delivery is what makes you funny. Like it's not your words are not particularly mm-hmm. hilarious, but his like Chevy Chasedness is. Was like, it Bill Murray who said that he is living proof you can inhale the funny away? I think it was was it or was it Colbert? Because I know it was, Colbert it was Col- like at his roast. Colbert brutalized him. Gray yeah. on beige. Yeah, yeah. You're like I'm glad you're still in Hollywood as a, like a walking cautionary tale of what happens when comedians like just completely wash out, completely sell out. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Un- unflavored oatmeal, mm-hmm. gray on beige, <laughs> walking other, ghost. Other kind of highlights out of the Just for Laughs. Uh, I watched the new. F- I watched two new faces um, specials, which is like where they they kind of um, they handpick up and coming comedians. Oh my god, I need to talk about this thing. Mm-hmm. The, on one of the new faces shows that not the new faces on the variety top ten comedians to watch. So it wasn't actually the Just for Laughs picks. Okay, it was the variety picks. This guy, Darren Knight who's a viral YouTuber, mm-hmm. who his big deal is he does this character called Southern Mama, which is not funny. Okay. <laughs> like, he has millions of hits with this nonsense, and he's just sort of like, come on around back, I'm cooking up craft dinner with ketchup on it, and what, like that, and you're like, that is the joke. That's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> yeah. Awful. So he shows up, uh, yeah. and they, they named him one of, like, the top comedy people to watch or whatever i'm so sad i missed this show because i just would want to watch this train wreck happen like montreal is usually a very um accepting kind of comedy audience at just for laughs especially at like at a new person show you're like you're going there knowing it's not always going to be the most polished this guy gets on stage makes jokes about diarrhea uh-huh. Forgets the name of the festival. Nice. Says that every comedian who's doing anything political or uh, like anything political, racial, or like sexual is basically wasting everyone's time, uh-huh. which is like eighty percent of comedy. You know, like I mean, like like think about like what comedy, like you, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of comedians who is he is is Knight doing a heel turn? Is that was that no? Like but, the it plan? Was, it was like, not, but it was also not. But it was also not funny. Right. Like it was also not funny. Like you know, you know who sucks. Trevor Noah, kind Stephen of. Colbert. Yeah, no, no, no. But but, These but, people but suck. then also like he's on Eighth in the Night, and other people have done those jokes, and this is a showcase of new talent. So you're like also retroactively shitting on the, the people, people that let it to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, which is also a like a no, no. Like anyone who does these kind of jokes are uh, like like not even saying like well, maybe not this even is what happens when you get a YouTube star who doesn't know about stand up comedy and abs- you put him on a stage and you put him in front of absolutely. People. But then say yeah. no. Like I mean, uh, what's his name? There was a year where. Uh, I forget. Was it, it might have even been Griffin McElroy was one of the comedy people to watch, and he just didn't do the stand-up thing, and he was like, "That's not my thing." Hmm. Like, thanks, Variety. My stuff is podcasts and videos. Yeah. Like, I'll be at. The, I'll do the meet and greet, and I'll do the like handshake. I'll do a press tour. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I'm not gonna stand up there and do stand-up. This guy is like a self-professed stand-up comedian, supposedly. Right. Right. 
Anyway, gets booed and heckled like nice. hard. Um, then apparently a couple of the other comedians, there's like some cell phone footage that like comes back up stage, like kind of confronted him afterwards, being like, so, like, like including like like people on that show being like, why would you burn them? And he's like, blah blah blah. And then Chris Red, who's from Saturday Night Live, like I think may have been hosting or whatever, was like, he's like, listen, he's like, if you're gonna do that. You can't be bombing when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you know, it's like it's it's it would still have been shitty if you did it. But like you also can't be like getting booed and heckled and then also shit on everyone else on the show. Like I like oh my god. And then I looked up his stuff and he's all, he's terrible. Right. Like and I was like oh what what an awful piece of garbage. That's why you don't trust variety. Don't trust variety. But but they, but they like they named like Ron Funches as one of the like breakout comedy stars a couple years ago, and they were right. He's what amazing. did they just fucking pull his name off hits? They're like, we trust YouTube numbers. I, he got lots of thumbs up. I mean, it's, it's like the list is article. the list is like comedy people to watch, right? Like so maybe I, they should have watched them first. Yeah, but you know what I mean. But I'm like, I think that there is something. And I'm not, obviously they missed the mark here, but I'm like, but there is something that I'm sure someone is trying to translate right now, because like YouTube comedy you, is like a money making industry that is different from stand up comedy. That it's like I think they're trying to bring that into like we can acknowledge that there's other ways to be funny. And I mean, like certainly, like I said, the McElroys. Shit, yeah, the story time dude on Vine. That guy cracks me up. Yeah, the McElroys, McElroys. are not comedians expressly. They're just. Did you hear about speaking about the McElroys? Um, the Adventure Zone Volume One was released. Here there be Gerblins. Here there be Gerblins. <laughs> it is number one on the New York Times Fiction. That's so insane! That's wow, so insane! Yeah, the comic book that they made off their D and D podcast mm-hmm. is rated number one worse, on the New York Times. I will list. go and I will add an even worse to that. It's the comic book based on mostly the pre-canned module. Like, the rest of the show is, like, Griffin's own thing. But, like, just to, like, get their feet wet, they kind of ran, like, one a of box. the... They ran, like, the box module from the mm-hmm. starter kit. Like, it's modified, yeah. but, like, but the overall story arc is... The basic one. Is the it. basic, like, go to the cave and fight the spider dude, and that's it. <laughs> like... Hmm. It's amazing. So weird. It's so weird, but it's so good. Um, that's 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 the dream. What voice. a time to be alive. It's the dream. <laughs> when yeah. a family of idiot podcasters <laughs> playing their idiot D and D game yeah. can then make a goddamn comic book. Yeah. And it hits number one. And, and like Yeah. Like critical acclaim mm-hmm. nationwide attention. So it, it was one of the big stories at Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con was yeah. last weekend. And they they dropped here. There'd be Gerblins. Yep, crazy. And it, and it hit like a bomb. Like it just blew everything else out of the water. Doesn't surprise me. Those those boys do mad numbers. Did you catch any of the trailers from Comic Con? Any of that stuff? There's yes. all kinds of hubbub and shit coming uh, up. Do you want to say anything? I was going to say the Rob Zombie movie looks super fun. I don't know, man. I feel really burned after uh, the Coven. What was it? The Witches. Yeah, about but this something. is. I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're thinking of Lords of Salem. Lords and of he, Salem. Also, I don't think his Halloweens are great. But this is like it's the follow up to Devil's Rejects, which oh, is yeah. sweet. I was like, that's yeah, that's it, like I like Devil's Rejects a lot. It had good moments. I would say it was his best. Like House and, of a Thousand and, Corpses. No, I've, House of a Thousand Corpses. The last fifteen minutes is so bananas. I don't kind remember of, it. Yeah, yeah, go back and watch both of them. Yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses. I think has like some better visuals and stuff. But in terms of like a complete. Like, hellbilly psycho thing. Mm-hmm. The, like Devil's Rejects does it better. Like in terms of like, it's a little more, a little like toned down and a little bit better. So I'm, I will 
I'll give him the benefit of the doubt if he goes back to that that mm-hmm. well of where he's supposed to be. But yeah, I saw the trailer for that. Shazam. That looked kind of fun. Oh man, it's gonna DC. be so stupid. It's gonna be so stupid. Uh-huh. They it announced looks so stupid. They announced the. Uh, Did you see the trailer for Shazam? No, I have it not. They're going really like awful. super comedy on it. He's just like in his goofy ass suit. Hey, I got landing powers. Yep. Okay, but like, hang on. Is there something about Shazam that I'm missing, or is it a little boy who says Shazam and becomes Superman? That's it. Exactly. Except so that's the, what I'm saying. So, like, why not just go full goofball with it? it like, it's not a little boy. He's a, a, a rough-and-tumble kid who is in the foster system. Okay. And, uh... Man, Deadpool beat them to it. Yeah. Deadpool, Deadpool 2 has the rough-and-tumble kid out mm-hmm. of the foster system who befriends Deadpool. It looks a lot like Jay and Silent Bob get Shazam powers. Okay, but, like, that just doesn't dissuade me from it at all. <laughs> that's, that's and the, the, and the guy looks... playing Shazam looks like Ben Affleck from Mallrats. He kind of does. In a <laughs> very uncomfortable he wants place. To just, yeah. <laughs> like the back of a looks like. His suit is so shiny. <laughs> in both of them, right? Um, Apparently that's his physique, but I do not buy it at all. He looks huh. like he's wearing more foam rubber than George Clooney. Or uh, Green yeah. Lantern. I thought that was all no. CG. Yeah, that was a full CG suit? Yeah, no. Ryan Reynolds, I mean, yeah. foam rubber. He looks like he's he's puffy under the But, spandex. like, it's on purpose, kind of. It's like a goofy kind of puffy look. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Okay, like, so, but Ryan this is Reynolds DC is saying, look, we fucked it up with the, like, super dark, edgy bullshit. Let's try something silly and see if that works. Word is from the con floor that they showed some footage in Hall H, but it hasn't hit the internet yet, yeah. that Wonder Woman 1984 is the bomb. Like, I, the hype coming out of that... Uh, yeah, but Tyson's um, is pretty display. high for Wonder Woman, no matter what. Yeah, uh, but yeah. here's the thing, DC. <laughs> like, just do something else. You're like your coolest thing is pitching like the by far the most critically acclaimed one that you got, Wonder Woman. Putting no, uh, it, no, 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 no. Dark Knight is the most critically acclaimed superhero. Movie. No, no, no. But that's not DCU. That's not the DCU. It's pre DCU. No, yeah, yeah it's pre DCU. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the Nolan verse. Yeah, I, I'm, that's fine. But I mean, but like from the DCEU, the the, the shared universe, mm-hmm. DC world, Wonder Woman is the only one that like critics did not like slam, right? Like people were like, this is pretty Pretty good. reasonably. Yeah. Have, there's four, right? More, and there's... No. Suicide Squad, that's Batman yeah, yeah. versus Superman. The other Batman. Superman. And then, and then Justice League. And then Justice League. Six. Five. Sorry. Hang on, hang on. Suicide so Squad, Superman, Wonder Woman. Two Supermans. Two Superman, Superman v... Be v- v- Batman, yeah. Justice, League, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, yeah, Phase yeah. Five, yeah. So yeah. definitely Wonder Woman's the plus Aquaman, Shazam, yeah, and Wonder Woman they're are around. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, they're so like, the, and then they're like, let's just put it in the eighties, and you're like, too bad, like, X Men already did it, like you know what I mean, like, like just come up, just do it new, like mm-hmm. just stop, stop being the worst. You know, like, it would have been cool. Wonder Woman in the fifties, at the like height of sex, sexist America. You know, you do like a like an almost Madman style, yeah. re- like re- reflection of it. But I mean, X Men also did the sixties, though. I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I was just like, it's just like their their biggest thing is like throwing it back to the eighties, and you're like after like after Marvel's done the, their eighties movie, which I mean, admittedly wasn't great. Uh, after Fox did their eighties movie, it's not Marvel Studios. Yeah, after Fox did their their eighties movie, after Stranger Things was and like whatever, it just seems such a like like the, they're like oh the eighties are big, let's put our big thing in the eighties. You know what I mean? Like it comes off as this like mm-hmm. this bandwagon situation. I'm it, okay, it might though, be it might be like super cold, cool. Cold War eighty five eighty four. It's like pre Glasnost. 
Mm-hmm. I like that, like having the Russians as the villains, kind of. Kind yeah, of but I'm like, but like we've already. Is this the time for that? <laughs> no, but I'm like we've even already done that with like Atomic Blonde and stuff. Like it just seems so late to the. No one saw Atomic Blonde. It was a pretty big movie, man. No, it wasn't. Look it up. Look that. Look that I, up. I don't know if it went that far. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it lost I mean, money. Didn't I mean, did I'm sure it did fractions of Wonder Woman numbers, but I mean, but like just like that whole setting something in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like by the time Wonder Woman 84 comes out, it'll be 2019, which I mean, it'll be like that's like five six years after Stranger Things made the 80s cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just seems it might be amazing. I like, I'm I'm thinking Atomic Blonde with Wonder Woman, and I'm I'm there. Yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it'll necessarily be bad. It just seems incredibly late to the party. Derivative. And don't get me All wrong. And don't get me wrong. DC. Don't get me wrong. I've shown up to a lot of parties late and been the coolest one there. Yeah, Atomic Blonde. Crickets, Keith. <laughs> Crickets. Atomic Blonde made fifty million. Like, yeah, out on a budget of what? Thirty. Okay, so it made money, and yay for it. But it was not the box office hit of the summer. No, I mean I don't think it even came out in summer. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. It came, it out, came in July. out for Fantasia. You know, but it, it, didn't it came out after. It Fantasia. came out in July. July. Uh, yeah. Um, also, I took Scott to his first big boy music festival oh. on Friday. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I was like, when was your last uh, music festival? 90s. Nine. In the 90s. Yeah, at uh, Ed- Edgefest, was it? No, yeah. not even. <laughs> I went I went to Edgefest. Yeah, I was like, I was like, we're like walking up to... Uh, yeah, it was like Frosh 98 or... Oh, man. Or the F1 music festivals they used to have out in front of Plastizar. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like walking up to the so uh, Scott and I were uh, were covering seventy seven Montreal for the website mm-hmm. and so we're like walking up to the the festival. Uh, Scott, first of all, if you can go back and listen to if you want to our seventy seven Montreal podcast, which is delightful because it tells the story of Scott, who was like, "Wait a second, do I even like punk music?" <laughs> <laughs> and he like did his due diligence and went you went through like the entire lineup. Yeah, I went through the whole lineup and found music from everyone, and I was like, "Oh, this is good. This is good. That's a little weird, but I can stomach that." Mm-hmm. And uh, was actually very, very excited to go. And you and you made like a musical discovery, even like you found out like a guy who you're now super into. Yeah, who's that? Jeff Rosenstock and John. You got to check him out because I think it'll hit a lot of the same notes um, for you that it hit for me. Okay, so what is Jeff Rosenstock like? He's like a grungy punk rocker mm-hmm. who was in a bunch of bands as a teenager. Who now makes music that is themed around, I used to be cool, and now I'm older than all the cool people I know. What do I do with my life? Mm. <laughs> what now? And it it fucking just clicks with me. <laughs> and he owns it, he looks like it, and he still wants to do what he wants to do, but he's, you know, in Getting his older. mid to late 30s. Yeah, uh-huh. that's it. I was like, a dude who, like, a key, this guy... Um, he started his first band when he was like seriously like thirteen years old, hmm. and was like touring at like fifteen, sixteen. Crazy. So, Did he get in anything I know? Uh, well, the mo- he never was in Mustard Plug, but he occasionally played with Mustard Plug. But he okay. was like he used to have like a lot of like opening gigs and stuff, and like was on tours. Hmm. Did okay for himself. I don't think he ever was like a breakout star. But imagine you were like, you probably he, had this. He kept fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, yeah, and like, and then on top of that too, like the thing that you were good at, which was making this like punk rock, was everyone's like, no, that's not cool anymore. And then you're like. You're like in your mid twenties, and you're like, "Well, you're done, kid." And you're like, yeah. "What?" Whoa. You know, like I'm like, "What are you supposed to do?" Like early two thousands, early two thousands were like corn and Limbiscuit and Kid Rock at the height of music, and you're like, you're doing like melancholy punk, and you're like, 
Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're like, it's over. How do I print up a CV? I don't want to do this. Okay, yeah. so if there's like a whole separate podcast, do we do highlights now or like what? Well, I mean, that this yeah. is a pre-podcast. It was a I pre-show. It wasn't this a this is stuff. To, uh, the, the pre-podcast is one you should where we recommend stuff. You yeah, check you out. should definitely check it out. This, this is more uh, an experience recap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other highlights? Good stuff. The show was very good. Like the the organization was very good. Yeah. I, I <laughs> felt like stuff was they like they, in I, the right place. There was room for everyone. Yep. Like line like things were like their lineups, but it was never chaotic or anything. Like and they, they just they know they know so much. And this <laughs> is their temporary setup, right? Like having been to a couple of Oshiagas and stuff. I mean, even you you went to an Oshiaga yeah. one year. Like it's it's mind-boggling how many people they can just like have spinning around there and it like it definitely feels full but like you can still like always get to a bathroom or you can like getting out was a bit of an issue yeah but that's like a hundred thousand people going to one metro is always going to be i mean okay like you know what i mean like but it's I'm, on like, a small island <laughs> yeah, but i mean but on, at, at, at the same time i mean like f1 has that same issue mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's like that's i think just park jean drapeau and its crappy infrastructure which is not necessarily the festival organizers definitely true. who have that control they were like oh so you have two doors to the metro cool mm-hmm. like they don't have any control over that you know like and i will say at least coming out of oceaga that they do for instance on bixie racks like they rack up like not even rack up they have like hundreds of bixies and you just like pass your little thing and they can just like load you off like they even circumvent they're not like this 20 bikes should be enough you right, know like, right. like they do what they can to facilitate mm-hmm. the exit the exodus or whatever but yeah just super well organized and i'll be like i said just got i don't i don't think i heard a single show that had bad sound Whoa. aside from some setup problems. Yeah. But I don't yeah, think yeah, anything yeah. getting everybody hooked up like in terms of the, like laying out the amps or mm-hmm. like, you know, you've got three stages of people playing loud punk rock music. Yeah. There was no overlap. There was no like, yeah. Was, I and then you're just sort of like, Hey, hey Ja Rule, why don't you hire a Venko for fire? <laughs> no, but like they have it like, and, and especially like it doesn't take, and this sounds like I'm just like sucking Evenko's dick a little bit. But if you had not branded them, it would have been okay. Yeah, I know, but they d- do Give them like credit. us. <laughs> we do cover those things after <laughs> best. <laughs> so I will give them No, but I mean I'll give them credit on a good job. Like yeah. I mean like you like it doesn't like Google like festival like horror stories and it's pretty easy to find them. And like you don't find them usually coming out of Oceaga and here's, stuff like Here's the thing. Uh, in front of the the big stage, they laid down huge sheets of astroturf mm-hmm. and that for me i was like oh that's weird but there's no dust being kicked around from all the like gravel and stuff and no one is picking up clumps of grass to throw it at the stage mm-hmm. this makes perfect sense yep when it gets too hot they shoot the little fans with the water hoses and whatever mm-hmm. which is awesome if you're not holding a big expensive camera it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh no which is like hiding it. like it just like it just they they i mean I don't know how much of it is like just like really good planning and how much of it is just like learn from experience over yeah. like like mm-hmm. just doing this for like year after year but like just in general you can you hear such like festival horror stories and like something could go so wrong at and then like the following the next Saturday and the Sunday Sarah and I went to Heavy MTL which mm-hmm. was even bigger like 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 double more stages and stuff Oshiaga's even bigger again and you're like you're throwing in like punks and metalheads all in a group of things like, like this is a group of people and selling that, like, alcohol and selling alcohol all day like it's a group of people that if something did go off the chain like these would be the people who are like let's fucking tip this shit over (laughs) like yeah guns and roses metallica and yeah man the big o if 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 rob zombie takes the stage and the sound is garbage or something 
there, there will be people who will knock over the fences, and there will be people. They've been yeah, drinking maybe. for ten yeah. hours. You're like maybe. How? What kind of state were you in if you drank for ten hours and then your favorite band did not play? Like I, mean, I would, yeah, even... I'd be pissed off. But nobody's favorite band is Rob Zombie. I beg to differ, sir. Oh, I was at Heavy Montreal. They, they might be great, but at, like today. Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. People went yeah. to see just Marilyn Manson. There were a lot of people. Yeah, man. It, dude, you don't know. Like there You're was. Right. I'm just. I'm just saying. Like there were like. Sarah. Sarah was like, I'm so excited for Heavy MTL because I'm going to see Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and just the amount of Manson and Rob Zombie shirts at that place are just insane. Metalheads are like known for being like better fans and not trashing venues than other places, aren't they? Guns when when, when, yeah, everything, like, when everything goes correctly, I guess. When when something comes between them and their music. That's Guns N' Roses Metallica. Faith like, No More plays for 30 minutes. Metallica steps on a blasting cap and blows his hand off. Yeah. Someone throws a lighter at Axl Rose, and he's like, fuck this, I'm leaving. And they tore the Olympic Stadium yeah, to and pieces. Yeah, a very serious ride happens. True enough. If everything goes smoothly, yes, okay, okay, they're okay. absolutely there, and they'll enjoy the music. If, but, I'm just, but you know what I mean? I'm just like punk, and punk's just, even more so. Yeah. Like, although, <laughs> we saw, like those garbage cans, that are, did I tell you that? Oh, no, you weren't with us when we saw them removing them. I didn't see them being removed. Yeah, but. yeah. So they have, uh, out, in the, uh, out in the audience area, they had these, like, uh, just like big yellow or big blue garbage bins that they kind of put out into, like, the dance floor area. So people could, like, instead of just throwing stuff on the ground, it was a little easier. Mm-hmm. You didn't need to lose your spot uh, in the audience and whatever to throw some stuff out. And I was like, those are not anchored to the ground. Suicidal tendencies is playing at this stage. <laughs> I was like, "Those garbage cans are going to be uprooted." And it was, uh, I was walking with Matt, uh, Matt from the Planet Smashers, and we yeah. saw two dudes be like, just like, whoop, and then just like, like bring them to the back. And I was like, "That is a correct decision." Like, <laughs> I am glad someone made that observation because that one even, like, they wouldn't even think of that as like a destructive thing. They would just be like, "It's thrash, like it's thrash punk, thrash metal, just happening." Being like, "Let us throw this thing." Hmm. So many more beer cans thrown at 77 Montreal than Heavy Montreal, I will tell you. Like, yeah. every couple minutes at 77, you saw, like, a half-full beer can. Like, shoo! Like, sail through the sky, and you're like... Not even at the stage. Just as high in, in the, the air, air as they could. <laughs> Whee! It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Those people will not do anything wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're inciting. Not inciting, but you're... You have a collection of people who I, I would say are volatile, and mm-hmm. you just... You, you managed it correctly. Um, Rise Against was fun. DOA was super fun. DOA was way fun. Yeah. Uh, L7 wrote right new material. You know L7. I don't. Pretend that we're dead. Nope. Remember that song? Nope. When you pretend that we're dead. Don't come remember. on, come on. It's you're gonna listen to the song later, and you're gonna be like, oh my god, I know this band. L- okay. L7 looked like they had seen a lot of heavy metal concerts. Yeah. Because they had they had played that way. There was hair being tossed around, and yeah. Hmm. L7 they looked they looked and sounded great. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. yeah, they sounded really, really good. I was yeah. nervous. Yeah, to with, watch that with the with the like the the kind of nostalgia acts, you're always like, you're like, what sh- what kind of shape are they in? Hmm. You know, like I mean, like it, it's cool, and they even they they worked out new material. Yeah, they was they, it good? Yeah, the new material. I mean, it, it sounded like L7, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they had. Um, wait, wait, don't even. We gotta get very quickly to your favorite fan at me first in the gimme gimme's. Oh my god! Oh my god! So, <laughs> so we're sitting there. Me first in the gimme gimmies. You're aware of? I, I love me first in the gimmies. Go ahead. <laughs> so first of all, they were in like fine form. Like Spike Lawson was in like 
I, I I've seen them before, but like the fact like he had he had like literally like comedy in between every single song. Like John Denver pilot jokes, <laughs> like very yep. inappropriate and very funny. Like one hell of a pilot though. Ha <laughs> ha! And you're just like, oh my god, he killed people. And he introduces every song with, "We're gonna play another song. It's the, a cover. This one's a cover." <laughs> <laughs> And just and they're all there in like white shirts and ties, silk shirts, yeah. silk shirts with gold ties. And Spike Lawson has the uh, like a red blazer on with like gold tassels dangling from the thing and sunglasses <laughs> and, like, and like doing like little like Elvis style like dancing to like everything going it's on. It's amazing. It's so like, good. So lounge lizard yeah. looking. Yeah, exactly. Here's another song. This one's a cover. <laughs> just like every single time. I, I see and a lot then, of like, guys. Miss- I see a lot of guys out in the crowd that are are very macho and they're. They're glistening with their muscles, but we believe everyone can find their inner diva. So I want you to dance like a diva as we play this one. It's a cover song. <laughs> I will survive. Mis- misattributing uh, songs. <laughs> like, this is a song originally recorded by Manfred Mann, and it's like, and it was like a Beatles, it was a Beatles, song. Beatles <laughs> and, and then like after the song, he's like, that was uh, originally recorded by Manfred Mann in 1968. <laughs> and you're just like, it was a Beatles, track. like amazing, just like yeah, just like owning owning the gimmick just of being everything and, you want from a me first in the gimme gimme show, mm-hmm. like get, getting heel lounge lizard, lizard heat, like. <laughs> like and kind of scratched a, a like a mindless self indulgence itch before mindless self indulgence was a thing. Like they they were kind of around. They were contemporaries. I yeah, would say late nineties. Yeah, they're like, early stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but just doing the thing they thought was always funny when well, they forever. But, me and first. the whole the whole perp like the whole purpose of the band was that they could get two warp tour paychecks. <laughs> That was like that was like the birth of the band. It was like Spike Lawson was in Swinging Utters, like Fat Mike was in No Effects, like there was a, uh, another guy from No Use for a Name and whatever. They were all on Warp Tour anyway, and they were like, "Yo, we could get another slot on Warp Tour. We're all touring and just do covers." That is like the birth of the thing. So That's bands amazing. paid them twice, right? Because they were like the, all the guys in Me First were getting two paychecks for mm-hmm. every Warp Tour date. So like that's where it came from. Like and they were like, "We don't even need to write songs. So- we just need to do punk covers of them." So anyway, so I'm sitting there watching it with Walter, and this guy is, like, there, like, arms folded and, like, looking upset. And it's, like, two, three songs into the set. And he's, like, these guys aren't even, like, punk. Like, they're just comedians. And every song is a cover. (laughs) And we're, like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, just, like, upset. And he's, like, another one. He's, like, oh, another one. And, like, like, like legitimate disdain on his, like, in his voice and on his face. Not getting it. And I was, like, and, like, Scott pointed out, he's, like, man... If me first like somehow knew about that guy, I feel like they would have been they so pleased. They would sing pleased. to him. Yeah, you know? They would have been like, they're so pleased. They'd be so happy. It would be the best thing ever that they <laughs> imagine managed to do. You should like, tweet at them yeah, that this guy But did imagine this. like you're at a punk rock show. That guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that was a guy who was there for suicidal tendencies, let me tell you. <laughs> but like, just ever, like, just looking so just. Like, angry, angry, and yeah. I was like, it's 2018, and you're at a punk show, and you're just like, I want nothing but punk, and then like these dudes come up wearing <laughs> silk shirts, wearing playing silk I shirt. will survive, uh-huh. <laughs> just making him so angry was the best. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, Planet Smashers. We also we had on Go Plug Yourself. They put on a just super fun party show all the time. Yep, they're the and life of the party. Probably the best crowd interaction. Yeah, every song like yeah. they 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 get they they're they're, I, they're playing on home field. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it was the <clears> – <throat> so back in the day, whenever they played Surfing and Tofino, they used to divide uh, the crowd up into two sides and have them crash into each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they stopped doing that because they didn't like – People get fucking hurt. They didn't like watching people get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they, like, they said it straight up. They're like, so many people. You're sort of like – and it's not even that like it's, it's a ska pit, so it's not even like a, a violent affair, but just people like run skanking into each other. You're like – there's going to be some, like, twisted up knees and fists. Mm-hmm. So it was like they didn't even say anything. Yep, they just, they, they just like, hit it into, like, the drum breakdown. And now, like, the thing is that everybody gets low. They do the 10 count. Everybody jumps up. So it look, looks pretty cool but without anybody getting hurt. They didn't even mention it. And the crowd just starts, like, like descending. Get down. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and like, those... self-enforcing. Everybody's, like, down, 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 down. Just, like, yelling yeah. at everyone. There's one guy standing. Like, 30 people look at him. You <laughs> down, yeah. down on your knees. Yeah, with like with no prompting, and it, and I mean like we had them on the show uh, on Go Plug Yourself, and it's just they they have the same reaction as me, where they're like, you look at these kids, and they're like, like Life of the Party came out in 1999, mm-hmm. and there's these kids, and they're like early 20s, and you're like, what? Like why do they know the words? Like they did uh, Pootsa Fest a year or two ago, and they did, um, they played Life of the Party the whole entire album start to finish mm-hmm. as like at Pootsa Fest, and like just kids. Who know this album like by heart? It's a good album. Yeah, it's a super fun album, but it's yeah. like it's very weird. It's a a small niche album. Right. Yeah, right. and and but I mean maybe Scott is coming back because the Interrupters had a huge crowd and a lot of people were very into the Interrupters. Like the people Interrupters were moving to that stage before the other show was done. Yeah, yeah, to catch the Interrupters. They're like a new um, excuse me, Scott Punk outfit out of California. Hmm. Um, Produced by Tim Armstrong from Rancid uh, on Hellcat Records, it v- sounds it like uh, like their music sounds like when Rancid does more ska style, mm-hmm. like take that, polish plus it, no polish doubt. yeah, plus no doubt, right. polish it like I said, polish it to a certain point and good. They're I was like, be, they're going to be famous. They, hmm. they, I was like, they potentially if like they start getting on like show like stations like the Buzz and stuff, could have a, a little mini yeah. mini ska resurgence for themselves probably. Hmm. And then it was heavy Montreal. Yeah. Highlights. Man, I, I was I was so pumped at having a good 77. Yep. I was a little bit like, man, I wish I could go to Heavy Montreal. Yep. And then I looked at the lineup and I was like, I don't care for any of these bands except for <laughs> Limp Bizkit. And I don't think that would make me welcome. <laughs> except. Limp, okay. So like, I'll just run through real quick. I have a write-up that's going up. It'll be up before okay, this okay. podcast goes up so you can kind of read back. Uh, Alestorm. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with yeah, yeah. Right. pirate metal. Like yeah. I, I occasionally play them when I play. They're a little silly. Oh, totally. For I, I yeah. play them for Jim Clocks occasionally yeah. on the Jim Clocks playlist from D and D. But yeah, they had a giant like ten foot tall rubber ducky that they're playing in front of, and then they're like for the last track they're like oh they just like shoot it into the crowd. So there's like a giant rubber ducky that's awesome. just bouncing around, all sorts of funny. Like the crowd and the crowd, so many people dressed as pirates. Like so many people, I was like. Wow, Ailstorm has a very big dedicated following. following. Dedicated following, just mm-hmm. dudes showing up in like long coats and tricorn hats to a metal festival with eye patches on. Um, Thirty degree day. Yeah. Uh, other uh, like Ailstorm were fun. Uh, Allegiant was fun. Uh, the headliners on Saturday were Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie, who okay. are both like just hyper theatrical. Yeah. Which is just super fun. Like, Manson comes up on, like, a giant, like, pulpit. He was terribly hurt, wasn't he? Is he still able he, to mount a show? Yep-ish. Like, he looks rough. Yeah. He looks, like, real rough. And, I mean, like, he had just canceled the show in Toronto mm-hmm. the night before. Uh, and so, like, Zombie just played, like, an extra long set. Because they're on tour together right now, like, Manson yeah. and Zombie. Sweet dreams. 
and Beautiful People was, what, 95, 96? Mm-hmm. It was a yeah. long time ago. Apparently in Toronto, Zombie played uh, Sweet Dreams. Zombie played it? Cool, because Manson, Manson, Manson bailed uh, like yeah, last, yeah, yeah. last yeah. minute. So yeah. Zombie uh, Zombie just played like a longer set. Huh. Uh, and yeah, so Manson, like, is good like his his pipes are still in th- like that's the important thing like he looked real rough but like his voice was still very intact which right. i mean looking at you megadeth that's an important part <laughs> of being like a good kind of nostalgia act and like i said yeah they've both been it's coming on come like more than for, 20 years i think Man- marilyn manson i think officially got together 93 I, th- I think 89 like or 90 like way early yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. cause that was before Sweet Dreams and stuff. Like, they broke yeah. big then, but I think they got together as a band like late '80s, early '90s. Hmm. Wow. I know White, White Zombie got together in '85. Yeah. Which is. But White Zombie isn't quite the same thing as Rob Zombie. Was it just him? I think he had like a. He wrote almost all of it. Right. Like, but then the band it was him, uh, John Tempesta and Sean Iso. I want to say. But like, he wrote most of the music and whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, and like they were proto. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like right now, uh, <laughs> it's funny. In in the active band of Rob Zombie, there's two former members of Marilyn Manson. Like Ginger Fish plays drum on Rob Zombie, and John Five plays guitar for Rob Zombie. So it was like a. They're all friends. They're all they're all buddies. But it was a good show. Super good show. Like, Rob yeah. Zombie was like I said. I mean, uh, I call like Rob Zombie like a solid B plus. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, cause he, I don't think he can be less than that. Like it's so theatrical. He's got the videos that play. He has. If the music is terrible, but it's not. Yeah. No, 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 but I mean, it, like, if the sound is terrible and oh. he can't sing. I had somebody tell me about a show that Rob Zombie did where he was out of breath after, like, two songs, and then he just couldn't sing for the rest of it. And Which it I think was, uh, mm-hmm. that was one of years his Years ago, years, 15 yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. I think that the, the he's tight, like, I've, I've heard similar, yeah. and, like, I've seen him now two or three times, I'm, like, always at, like, kind of bigger festivals and stuff, and he's just, the dude has stamina to spare at hmm. this point, just, like, running around on everything, like, and I think he may be, like... There's got to be a certain point where you're like, people are there to see Rob Zombie, and you're just like, I should do some cardio. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like where yeah. you're like, I'm not gonna like. But sometimes I'm, the money and the girls gets to your head. You yeah, don't think about for sure. It. But I, yeah. but I think that, I mean, I think that at this point, and this is leading into the next thing that I'll talk about. Like mm-hmm. at this point, if you're gonna sit there and be like, both Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie at this point are nostalgia acts, right? Like people, Manson. Pe- Manson. No. He puts out albums all the time. Yeah, what's, but pe- what's your favorite? Yeah, but people. Like, that's that's me. Five. I'm from way back then. And there having, are, there okay. are newer just, Manson just fans. Name a, a song from the past ten years. Um, I cannot. Yeah. No, 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 but no, no, I'm no. not a Manson fan. And I'm just saying, that Rob Zombie's last album. Last Rob Zombie's last album was two years ago, man. Like yeah. they're they're still putting out music. But I'm like, having watched the Manson set, right, right. people were ready for beautiful people. People were ready for sweet dreams. People were ready for mob scene. Mm-hmm. People were ready like ready for like you say God, I say Satan. Like this is all that's all twenty year old tracks, and sure. those are the tracks that were like killing in the audience. That's what people are like hmm. ready for. Same thing, Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. One of his new songs is even one of my like favorite songs because it's ridiculous. It just because of the the, the song is called "Well, Comma Everybody's Fucking in a UFO," but it's just the, the "Well, Comma," and it's just like in the the chorus, it's just Zombie being like, "Well, everybody, 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 everybody's fucking in a UFO," and he just has like a little dance that goes with it, and I'm, I'm like, like that's a two year old song, but mm-hmm. then it does not go over like Dracula does, right? <laughs> you know, like Dracula gets fifty thousand people jumping up and down, mm-hmm. so they're they're not necessarily nostalgia acts in the way. Limp Biscuit is. Limp Biscuit is, yeah. So Limp Biscuit uh, were the last minute replacements for Revenge Sevenfold on Saturday, 
I will before I talk about Limbiscuit, I will say that I would say the most pure musical show that I saw was Gojira. Like Gojira just tore it up and they had mm-hmm. fire and smoke and flames and while standing up there like skinny French dudes just tearing it up. Mm-hmm. A plus Gojira. And then <clears throat> so the Limbiscuit experience I think was like a shared experience by everybody at Heavy Montreal. <laughs> like literally everyone was sitting there like arms folded. Like they're the last show of the night. I don't think there was even anything on any of the substations. They're not Avenged Sevenfold. They're not Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. Who like people if, probably bought the tickets people for people probably bought the tickets for. Yeah. Like and they're the last show on the last day of the two day festival. Like everybody's ready that like if you guys suck. We're the fuck out. I'm just bailing. Yeah. Like I'm just gonna walk away. <laughs> and and like and Limp Biscuit must be aware of that. They're like, we're the substitute teacher. <laughs> like, only the students just get to leave if they're not into what we're doing. Uh, and, like, you literally saw people, like, sitting there, like, arms folded, like, critical look in their eyes sort of mm-hmm. thing. And I can't for the life of me remember what song they kicked it off with. But it was, like, kicked it off with the it's hit. It's got to be Break Stuff. No, Break Stuff was track two. Break Nookie? Stuff. No, they didn't kick it off with Nookie either. It was... Oh, this is bugging me. But one of the more recognizable. They only yeah. played recognizable Faith? things. Right? Faith? They didn't play Faith until a little oh, bit later, too. Yeah. No, they did play Faith, obviously, but just yeah. until a little bit later. It was something that was, like, recognizable, but not... Oh! The one they did with Method Man? No, 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 no. I do remember it now. It was just sort of like... Do you know people are still talking shit? They're talking shit about me? They're talking shit about me? And my whole generation. <laughs> and everyone's like, lols. Yeah. They kicked, they, first shock was my generation. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But he's coming out big, right? He's like into his, into the, like the, the, the craziness of him still doing a show. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it was original lineup. It was like, it's like Borland, DJ Lethal, like everybody else mm-hmm. all up there. And then they just got, got into break stuff. West Borland. Uh, like climbed into the audience, like not the like crowd surfing on top or like leaning on the railing, like got into the pit and like to the point where he had to keep like ducking down to actually like play his instrument. Like I was like, and like security's just losing their mind because people are just like swarming all over him. And I guess people gave him enough room to play guitar. But I was like, <laughs> that's a like a pretty like gutsy thing to do. It's a baller move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like certainly you can get like pulled at and punched and whatever. Like if someone wants to, but like, and then and like, Fred climbed up onto the other side and was like leaning into the crowd and like singing. And it was like you, it was as though they, as as performers, like actively knew that the audience would like need to be won over. And mm-hmm. then like as performers, like won them over. Like they had jokes. They were like, "We're so sorry that we're not Avenged Sevenfold and mm-hmm. whatever." And we're like, "We're also sorry that the festival couldn't afford a better band to close it out than Limp Bizkit. They're like, "We're kind," of <laughs> 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 you know, like like they're. They like talk to them like is music is this still he's like like get out there on Twitter wait no one uses Twitter use Instagram <laughs> you know and they're like just like they're like jokes and like how old they are and yeah, all that yeah, stuff yeah. like yeah like they were like very self aware very self deprecating with like how crappy they were they were just sort of like this is some of that Limp Bizkit karaoke shit and then they played a Rage Against the Machine song and they were like <laughs> you're like just I was like they just owned like. They owned the reality of being Limp Bizkit in 2018. Because I was like, if they showed up there and remember, they were like, yeah, like, you should still love us. I think everyone would have been like, get out of here. But if they were like, yeah, we're kind of the worst. <laughs> you know, and like, that's like basically what their persona was on stage. Good for them. But we're kind of the worst, but 
y'all still know the words to every single one of our yes. choruses. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and certainly. Like, and and I was like, I was like, literally every song, like, uh, like I said, my generation break stuff, uh, in together, faith, faith <laughs> nookie, um, nobody loves me. They play that. Maybe. Good tunes from the first song. Well, um, what was the other one? The Roland. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like the Undertaker theme song. <laughs> like, um, uh, what was the other one? The big one that Ronan loved. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You, uh, you've like gone way past my Olympics <laughs> knowledge. I, I had it in my mind. It's just no, like, we're, we're questioning your Ronan knowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're going back into your Ronan information. The song was. Something about uh, eating worms? No, 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 that, no. That was a little biscuit song. No, probably. No, but it was the one that he was like, this could be the theme song of my werewolf. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when we played werewolf, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, man. Faith, Nookie, rearranged, end together now with Method Man. Oof. Break stuff, take a look around, rolling my way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was my way or the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was Ronan's like werewolf theme song. Oh, so go ahead and talk, talk about me, like mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, yeah. My way or the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quality, quality. This is my way, my way or the highway. Oh, yeah, so good. And so. by good. I love Nim Biscuit. I'm not going <laughs> to fuck <laughs> we, we made a joke about it in our comment. We made it's a joke about fine. it in 2012. <laughs> uh huh. And and sure enough, the crowd like stuck around and was into it. Like they were, it's a guilty pleasure. It's, oh, and it's, I was just like fully McDonald's gu- at two a.m. Fully guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. I always loved. Plus, like the distance is enough that you can look back on it and and kind of like get back to it from a nostalgia sense. Yeah, you know, and I mean, there's, like there's a whole there's a whole thing. Like I mean, like I'd be lying if there wasn't like a, a point in 1999 where I was like. Break stuff, man. It's just, just like, one of those days. Just one of those days. In your defense, you're 16. Yeah, you know? no, but like, that, that's okay. But, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and like looking back to it now, I'm like, yes, I know this song by heart. Sarah yep. was even like, she's like, do you know all the words? I was like, I really do. Like, yeah, there, I, there are people, the generation above us, who have all those pictures of them with their hair sprayed out, super big, mm-hmm. wearing spandex bandanas, really, feel, really into Motley Crue. I feel like you were more of a corn kid, John. Me? Yeah. I only liked the first album. <laughs> the self-titled. No, no, no. And uh, Life is Pieces. That one was okay, too. Yeah, That's yeah. when I checked out. Yeah. But I'm just saying, but like, of, of the race. Yeah, whatever, man. That shit was like, they were the same. edgy and cool. They were the same. <laughs> like, yeah, in 1994. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, late, like Limp Bizkit and Korn, and even to a certain extent, Early Manson was just like about, like, the reason that you were into it was not necessarily that it was amazing. It was that it was like, you were edgy. sick and tired of Axl Rose's shit. Yeah. And you, Faith No More. They did a lot of, they, they like proto rap rocked. Kind yeah, of. yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I would say significantly better. Yeah. <laughs> Faith No More were, they were headliners a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 2015 heavy Montreal. And I was like, so into them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've, I've never kind of stopped being, if I even like, was, they're on my like, like, Deep cuts rotation. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, even like Soul Invictus, like the new track, new yeah, album, or the okay. newish album, is like not bad. Yeah, they at least put out new music. Uh, so yeah, so festival time next weekend's Oshiaga. Who's headlining? <clears throat> Who's headlining? Not mm-hmm. Arctic Monkeys. Arctic okay. Monkeys are are one of the big ones. Blondie, Blondie will be there. That's cool. Uh, Florence and the Machine, uh, mm-hmm. Anderson Pack, uh, Travis Bar, Travis not Travis Barker, Travis Travis Barker. I don't know. There's a couple of like hip hop acts that are very big that I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily super in on. 
uh, like smaller bands, like Chromio is playing, Atrax playing, Future Islands playing. Like there's there's some good good stuff at Oceaga, which I will talk about, I guess, on a little bit on sure. our next next podcast. Uh, we do have some urgent business to take care of. Uh-oh. Uh oh, long postponed. Long postponed. We uh, John and I went to go see a movie in theaters oh, a yes. while ago. About a kid who owns a DeLorean uh-huh. in the virtual, virtual world of the Oasis. Uh, and then Scott finally caught up and saw... Ready Player One. Nailed it. So... so just to recap. We all really like the book. Yes. Okay. But in a, in a Ast- like, asterisk. Yeah. yeah. Like, I all... Ripped through it. Yeah. Yeah, no, but, like, but, but I'm just saying, really liked the book in the same way that I, like, really... It's Fast and the Furious for Geeks. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, and and I can make the not like I can be like I'm not watching Citizen Kane when I'm not wa- when I'm watching Fast and the Furious. I'm not reading Orwell when I'm reading Ready Player One. Just I'm just saying you're, that you're you're talking lightning stim, uh, catching yourself on it. It's fine. It's not. It's not Booker Pride's winning. Yeah, I know, but I but I think but that it, what it does it does very well. It's popcorn. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But I'm just yeah. saying. But there is the, there is the caveat that when people were like. It's going to be the movie, and it's going to be the best ever. I'm like, the book isn't amazing. The book is very fun, extremely fun. I could reread it. I have, like, I think I've read it twice. Huh. Like, it's super fun. But p- anyone who acts like it's uh, literature, literature is 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 wrong. Right. Like, so, where <laughs> do you sit on that, Scott? Uh, the book? I don't know. The movie. It. We're talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the movie. Okay. I am going to compare it very closely to another book that I liked that made a movie, uh, Ender's Game. Okay. It was, it, was, it was hype. I really did not like the Ender's Game movie. Okay. And I really enjoyed the Ready Player One movie. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. I had problems with the movie. I felt like the reason that the book was so fun was because it took a really sharp turn. It really leaned into being a geek pop culture reference. Yeah. And I feel like the movie watered that down to try to appeal to more people. I think so. And I also Undoubtedly. And I also, And I don't I didn't I didn't like that. I feel like but I think that when you start to throw around like three hundred million dollars of other people's money, like some broad appeal is necessary. Yes, but I mean, he wrote a book that was a best-selling book for years because he leaned into it. So once you start to dilute, dilute that, like if the book was all about ET and the Iron Giant, it wouldn't have had the same mm. grip, yeah, as as it ended up having by mm-hmm. having like old-timey D and D modules, yeah, yeah, and and video games like. The DeLorean and Joust are miles apart yeah. in, in their terms of niche appeal to me. Yeah, 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 I guess so. And I mean, but at, at the same time, I think that they, like, they buried some of those Easter eggs a little, like, deeper that, like, you could still kind of grab them. Like, the uh, the Tomb of Horrors, like, the Sphere of Annihilation mouth was in there, like, as a, not as a thing. The Holy Hand Grenade is just, like, like, there's stuff to catch that are, like, very obscure, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to. But the core things. elements of the film were still, and, and the core elements of the story, sorry, were in, immensely watered down. Mm. Not even core elements. It was the the flavor. It was like, oh, we're not going to go ahead and use the Himalayan salt. We're just going to use the white table salt. Like, I, I get it, and I understand why. But, but that it, was the it, point of the book. It, yeah, it really yeah. felt like 
compromise. Mm, I agree. Water. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I had some very, very big problems with Artemis as a character. Okay. Where, yes, just in terms of like the difference of visual uh, like presentation. That's one. That, that's number one. That one. was like a big problem for but me. But two, I appreciated her like not just being a love interest, which she kind of ends up being in the book. Like she's involved with the resistance. She has like, you know what I mean? Like there's, she gets a little more time to shine than she kind of does in the book. They also remove the fact that she's a very influential writer that. No, they call her one of the top bloggers, man. Like they, and she's like in charge of the resistance. Like they kind of replace, which I think is a bigger deal than being a big blogger. And my least favorite thing was that she was the damsel in distress in the movie. She's the one who gets captured. She's the one who needs to be rescued. Yeah. It was pointless Hollywood bullshit. Yeah, to do that. that part was a bummer. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah like just that's it. it was just an old timey. Well, what do you mean? Wade is the one who gets captured. Can't we just make it the girl that makes for much more compelling viewership? Yeah, yeah no, that was that. I agree, that was garbage. And it didn't. It didn't need to happen. It didn't happen in the book. I, they made it happen that way for bullshit Hollywood reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even Luke is now a murderer and a shithead Star Wars story. It's just they changed it to make it more shitty. Yeah, yeah, they changed it to have her be kidnapped. That being said, I was on board for the ride. Yeah, I mean, I had. I mean, I was nitpicking as I was watching it, but I still was invested in watching it. Yeah, like I, I, I was having a pretty good time, having a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't like the quarter not being like a weird side quest. Like he just wins it in a bet rather than. Yeah, having yeah. that little character moment. But I mean, but there's, but it was, it was also already like a two. And yeah, a, they and had a hour they, film. they obviously struggled. Yeah, they to, cut to Ogden Morrow almost completely out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was okay, I guess. But they, um, they, they fleshed out what's his name a little bit more. They fleshed out the like the love in, like uh, Hall- Halloway, Halloway. Yeah, right. Yeah. They like I found that I didn't mind his expansion on his story and yeah. like who he was. Is kind of interesting. Uh, Shoto and Daito were throw-ins. Throw-ins, just throwaway characters. They kind of had to be to for runtime. I don't know. I'm... You know, there was a lot of issues that I mean. I think just sort of. I just don't understand how runtime can be such an issue with a three hundred page book that. Read a three hundred like page pop magazine. Yeah. yeah, but there's stuff happening very quickly in the books. Like, like they're like, <clears throat> like for instance, the the car race scene, which is not in the book at all. Yeah. Like. If it's if it's I think I think it's probably too long in the movie, but if it's like anything less than seven minutes, you'd be like, "What the hell is the point of that?" You know, like it's a big race yeah. piece that's going to take up. It probably takes up what fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah. But if it was short, you'd be like, "What?" You know. So there were there were a lot of like interesting social elements in the book that got removed to make a boilerplate action movie. The one right? thing, and and I think I want to start at Jurassic World. I will just say though my last yeah. my, my closing I guess thought on, on Ready Player One yeah. was that where I think it succeeded, where the book kind of didn't was like being like the meta nostalgia, mm-hmm. like the meta nostalgia of recapturing a uh, a Steven Spielberg like adventure film like a la Back to the Future a la Goonies like that meta nostalgia to me worked better than any of the, like, actual, like, nostalgia bits 
being thrown at me like like the whole like uh like when they're like when they're when the bad guy's there and they're just like sneaking like behind like when artemis is just like literally behind a couch like you don't see that in film anymore like that's not a way to elude a bad guy just ducking behind a couch you'd be like there you are but like that only worked in the 80s right do you know what i mean like there's a, there was a lot of stuff in the overarching storytelling that like was what had like without being a like this is that like a lot of this like and even the wrap-up where like the bad guy goes off in in the jail like in the cop car at the end and they're like just like wave to him as like they, they put the, him in the same car as the the other antagonist yeah and then they hate they get mad at each other for like undermining each other while the heroes get you know what i'm saying but does that all delight you but like i find it all kind of tedious but in a way it kind of does because i was like in in a film all about nostalgia that is like that's pure goonies nonsense like do you know what i mean i was like that the nostalgia of the 80s adventure i see what you're saying i I was so lost i had checked out before that like that Bit at the end could. Oh no, but I'm saying like I said, there were there were other things like even even just the opening the opening sequence of uh of Wade bouncing around through the stacks is like very straight up like 80s style like mm-hmm. hey Mrs. So and So ho ho and like sure skipping was. down the music playing okay. yeah like I said there, like that that stuff appealed to me more mm-hmm. than the like as a nostalgia fest than the actual like nostalgia pop culture shit playing around. Scott has pointed out to me that it's actually at 49 right now on the list. What is? Ready Player One. Ready Player One. We have a wedge oh, we between Force yeah. Awakens and Wonder Woman right yeah. now. So would you take it down from there? Or, or put it up? I don't know. I don't Sounds know. Like it's, it's currently above movies like Top Gun and Baby Driver. Yep. But only just just. Only just just. Well, I feel both of those have more craft than, than Ready Player One did. The pod race was Top pretty Gun? cool. <laughs> Top Gun had more craft than Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah. it's, in a, it's in a not... Top, Top Gun is a tight script it is very uh, i mean you get to, okay. no it's it's like how the karate kid is the perfect script right okay. according Ooh. to peter david Whoa. okay, okay. Yeah. no 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 it, it breaks up the three-act structure like no right, right, right. Yeah. yeah i mean uh i could if you guys want to want to knock it a little lower but i don't see it like going much lower i i would just i i'm okay to leave looking it at where it is yeah. i don't know top gun and baby driver i'd, I'd watch them both right now before Ready Player One. Although you did just see you Ready, just Ready, saw Player, Ready One. Player One. Yeah. I just saw Baby Driver like a month ago. Huh. Maybe two months ago. Again, Baby Driver, I feel like, had better... I mean, but like, I mean, like the, the, quote, the quote that we have on Baby Driver is so damn clever but lacking a ton of substance, which applies a lot to Ready Player, Ready Player One. One. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of clever, like, oh, I get it, I see what you did there. It's, it's, but not, like, if you, it's not far off from where I think it should be, so I'm not going to well, push the thing too, too hard. That's... That, you know, in like it's months now since I've seen Ready Player One, but the thing that strikes me so much is if you if you remove all of the book from your mind and you try and focus just on the movie and what happened in the movie, I don't think there's a lot of substance to it, and I don't think it was like as cleverly referential as the book was. And what you said, Scott, before about it, like di- the diluting it, like diminished the the, the, yeah. the references. It it removed a lot of why the book was fun to me, and not even the references, just the science fiction, like yeah. AI school. That was a cool piece of science Do you want to know fiction. something weird that um, uh, I had this conversation with Alex Rose about Ready Player One? That he was like, and I didn't, I didn't even realize it because my mind just like filled in the gap. They don't mention in the film that Oasis is everything. Yeah. They, they just mm-hmm. present it like it's a game. Yeah. Just a game that everybody plays. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, it's like, it's where they go to school. It's where you go to work. It's where you do everything. And he was like, he's like, that's not in the movie because he hadn't read the book. I was like really yeah like and i was like that removes so much of the why this is all important why this is the why this is important, important. Yeah. why like skinning this thing with ads would be like atrocious 
Like yeah. it's it's like World 2.0. That's what Oasis is. You I know? also feel like the high five raced through the quests in the movies. They kind of had to. There was so much, and I mean, they only yeah. had like, and they only had like three or four instead of like eight. They right. they they could have yeah. been like three months later. Like these quests have eluded people, everyone, millions of millions of people for five years. We figured them out in a couple of days, and you just had to go backwards from the starting line. Fuck you. Okay. So anyway, oh, I, mean, I, I could leave I, it where I, it is. I was going to say also, we, we call that we call that bullshit in ten seconds. I was like bullshit in ten seconds because I was like anyone who's played any video game goes backwards like for a little bit. If you're playing Daytona and you're losing, you go you backwards. Go backwards. That's it. <laughs> like you're just like <laughs> there's so many times would... in video games where you go backwards. Like I don't think I've ever started a 2D platformer and not okay, gone left. So first. like the movie opens with that, and then you're like, oh, you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> you director, the people making this movie do yeah. not understand the material. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you want to knock it down. And I can see an executive going, what is Joust? That's the point. This is dumb. This is a dumb little thing. What is Tomb of Horrors? Yeah. Can't we just make it a race car thing? And I'm like, mm, you can. Good. You can. And, like, I understand that it's just as weird for them to, like, really amp up Akira cycle. And that's that's cool. I can, yeah. But it's not the same. All, all that said, I could, I, if you guys want to knock it low, I could, I could lock it, knock it lower. Upon revision, mm-hmm. I could knock it. I would say, just because of the right beside the fate of the furious. No, I, I was, I was, even, I was saying lower. I was saying just above. Um, no, Pitch Perfect was is better than Pitch Perfect. Yeah, I would say just below TMNT. Yeah, I could, I could put it that low because TMNT is good. Because TMNT is good, and I'm just saying also Pacific Rim and Ready Player One hit similar notes for me, but Ready Player One has like notes catered to me mm-hmm. as opposed to like. Pacific Rim is just kaiju. Like, but I mean, like, I could see it going below Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I could see it yeah. going below, like I said, Baby Driver Top Gun. I could see it going below, like... I'm still always going to say the Jungle Book is a masterpiece of a movie. That's what I mean. That's what I said. I said below yep. TMNT. If you, you, you want to yeah, hit, that's hit the re-rank. Great. It is done. It has happened. 90S, everybody. We did it. We did it again. <laughs> Please Goodbye. tell your friends if you enjoy this podcast. We want, we know, we, you know what's Wait, crazy about I wanna, this? I want to cut you off. We know that people listen. We can see the downloads. Just tell somebody. Maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe they, maybe maybe they don't make it all the way to here. Yeah, maybe it's all the, uh, like, auto-downloaded to iTunes. I mean, that's pessimistic. Isn't it? But <laughs> if, if you guys are listening to this, did you know that there's a companion mini blog post that goes up on the website? Every episode? John writes them painstakingly. We sort of. Talk, <laughs> talk wise and make little side side backhanded comments about the the show you're listening to mm-hmm. you should check that out I do like to think of it as like bonus secret content because I know that nobody reads it bonus except secret. maybe the Patreon people I will say get an email to them yeah but I was also saying that the content uh, is even on there on Google Play too if you like oh, really? yeah 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 that's it you're, you're uh, the first like next one Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. 
There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.